Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast, Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, Adam. Hey, Lori. How are you? I am good. We were mixing it up a little bit today. There's a lot of stuff going on in the in the world, and we feel like we need to talk about it, right? That's right. The whole stuff with Me Too. Yeah, and kind of spurred on by um, Harvey Weinstein's accusations of sexual assault right. um, and abuse. Right, all the actresses, um, So, yeah, a producer who's been accused of all this stuff, and it's kind of sparked a national movement of women coming forth and saying, me too, saying I as well have been a victim of some kind of sexual assault, sexual harassment, right? Um, something in that area, right? And yeah, been, and I've got me too on my Facebook um, yeah. because I as well, you know, have been a victim of, you know, inappropriate touch and certainly verbal sexual assault. You know, I remember you know, being a young girl, I was 16, and my boss, you know, first job I ever had, made the most inappropriate sexual comments regularly. And, you know, there were other people working there, uh, women hearing it, older women hearing it, people laughing it off, you know, and I, I was so naive when I was 16. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was at a five and dime kind of store. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that that you kind of come to accept as a woman. I think it's trying to create some visibility. I, I think my own personal issue with the Me Too is I want the men who mm-hmm. have been sexually assaulted and molested and raped to also put Me Too on their Facebooks. And, you know, because this is not a crime that happens just to women. Yeah. You know, it's not something an assault that happens just to women. It, it happens to men and boys as well. It does. Uh, majority to women. Yeah. Uh, but it is yeah. uh, with men that it is a growing, it is a growing statistic. But you said right. something interesting that I think part of what this movement has sparked is the idea that for women anyway, and and maybe for for a small uh, group of men, but for women it just becomes a part of natural of everyday life. Yeah. Right. You, that you just, you just start to, you start to come to accept. Right. You right? just realize how do I, you know, how do I parry? Is that the word? Right. Yeah. How, how do I dodge, you know, these words, this uh, implication? How do I ignore yeah. what I know they're saying? You know, what I know the implication is, but I, I'm just, you know, I got to get along. 
Yeah. You know, there was one season in my life, you know, I worked with nine male engineers. So before I was a sex therapist, everybody, I was a software analyst. Now and that is that is typically <laughs> a pretty big boys club, right? I worked or on was, the, at least it was yeah, at some point. I worked on the stealth bomber. Oh wow! Um, yeah, in I hydraulics. did not know this about you. Yeah, Lori. yeah. You worked on the stealth bomber. I did, I did in aerospace, which is, you know, it's kind of like its own universe. It's this yeah. really paranoid place, very male, very testosterone laden, and I was the only female engineer in a group of nine males. Wow. Yeah. And what was that like? It was really tough. I mean, yeah. I I woke up. I was a newly married person, and I woke up and I had had this dream of. This was just when I was learning that dreams meant something, and I had dreamed of being in a torture chamber, and I was being led through the torture chamber to be shown all the tortures that were going to happen. And and as I woke up with a start, I realized, this is how I feel about my life every day. Oh, you know, it felt like a torture going there. I mean, there was sexual harassment and, you know, and harassment simply because I was a woman. I was the best educated you know, I, I basically, you know, had more education than any of the men in the department, mm-hmm. you know, and there was just a lot of put downs and competition and it's aerospace knows as anybody who has worked in aerospace, there was not enough work. It was like, it was very intermittent. Mm-hmm. So in the down times, all you had to do was pick on each other, you know, and being a female, I mean, I, I was, you know, observed, called names. I had a black friend, a girlfriend there who... She was called a pig. I mean, it, it was just horrid, mm-hmm. you know, the overt kind of both sexism and racism. And I, I mean, it, it was a dreadful place. But certainly for me as a female, I felt very oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, the, you know, the, the boss had a pinup sort of in his yeah. office, pinup calendar. Those are the good old days, you yeah. know. Yeah, well, not so good old days, but right. in that regard, but right. still, Mad Men days almost. Yeah. I'm that old. <laughs> but it it does seem like this is something that the the regular nature of it, yeah, uh, is something that's hard for men anyway to kind of get to fully understand. Yeah, to get a hold to of to get a hold of what that kind of constant and, and I abuse think that, that you're talking about. What it feels like is hard to imagine. So. I heard this, I don't know, it was an experiment or some meeting recently, and I think this was a really good descriptor. It was a male and female meeting, and the men in the audience were asked, when was the last time you felt afraid? Mm. You know, and they're like racking their brains. Well, I was in sixth grade, and there was this bully, and blah, 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 blah. You know, and then they asked the women, you know, essentially, when was the last time you felt afraid? And, you know, basically it came down to most of the women raised their hands to that they had felt afraid walking across the parking lot that night Mm. to get to the meeting. I think being a weaker gender, you hear these things and it's frightening, you know, Mm. especially even though, you know, you you try to laugh it off or something, but there's something inside that goes, ooh, and, and it's not just ooh with an equal, it's Ooh, with with somebody who is bigger, stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just there's always this slight feeling of threat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a friend one time. I'd go running in a park near my house at night, mm-hmm. and I had a coworker. She was asking me about that, and she she said I I can I can never do that. And I was like, well, I, why not? It was really, it was one of the first times that I had started to have that conversation that that you're talking about. Because it didn't make sense. It's as she explained it. She explained something very similar to what she were talking about, 
that there was always this element of fear that existed for her when she when she went out by herself that how i i was both aston- taken aback by and astonished by yeah. that that would that that would be the case that she did not feel safe not because our the park was a dangerous park necessarily but just because it was she would she would be alone and it would be night right um, and there would be some kind of danger there for her that exactly. she would feel, that she would feel afraid exactly um, it, let alone i mean the sense that i mean there's there's so much having to do with this idea of sexual assault, you know, the mm-hmm. accusations. Oh, did you get that promotion because you slept with the boss? I mean, it, business is rough, and especially if you're a female. I mm-hmm. mean, there is a lot of this kind of thing going around. Yeah, I, I think there's a just some, some statistics on it to try to help Good, get around you. it. So every 98 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. assaulted. Every 98 seconds, every eight minutes, that victim is a child, and... Only six out of every a thousand perpetrators will go to prison. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's sexual assault. That is crazy. And there's some, um, you know, we want to make sure too that when we're talking about it, that people know what we're talking about when we use these terms. Uh, But we're talking about a range of things, right? Everything from rape to date rape to inappropriate touching to childhood sexual assault to even verbal assault, even catcalling. I mean, I think. If you're a man, you may think, oh, that's totally harmless. The construction guy is way across the street and he's whistling at you. But if you're in an area that, you know, you're not safe or you don't know that area, you, I mean, if you're just walking down the street and somebody cat calls, I know it's hard to understand as a male because you live in a more physically strong body, but, you know, it's a little frightening. It's like, okay, you know, they know all each other. They're all working together and it's not flattering. Mm -hmm. It's it's a little scary. There's a there's a great Instagram account called Dear Cat Callers. Oh yeah. yeah. If you if you haven't seen it, you need to yeah. you need to look it up. Especially especially maybe if you want to kind of understand just the deluge of this, these kind of things that happen. It's a I forget her name, but she's a I believe she lives in the Netherlands, and she every time some, she was walking down the street that somebody cat calls her, she takes a picture, she takes a selfie with them, and writes out what they. Have said yeah, under awesome. under underneath there, and some of those things are just when you hear just oh she got catcalled. Mm-hmm. When you hear the specifics of what is being said, and these guys that don't think anything of it because they are every one of them to a T is smiling in the picture, smirking. It is dehumanizing. Yes. Uh, Brene Brown in her new book talks about this a lot, which is in a in a very brilliant way. She talks about how we make somebody the enemy when we dehumanize them and that our word, she talks about how much our words matter because we start to believe them. So like you mentioned being somebody being called a pig yeah. or even being the words that we use about women, even something like she's a real fox, right? Yeah. I don't know if that, yeah. that's probably an older term, but it's an older term. It's an older term, but yeah, something it's like that. definitely a term I recognize. Yeah. But yeah. you're, you're making the, any term like that, that we use, we are literally equating women to animals and we're, we're taking the humanity away from them and it makes it much easier to, to make compromises on how we would treat a animal versus how we would treat a human. Yeah. Very much. Or or just, I mean, you think about, I mean, broads, right? She's a broad. She's a, you know, she's a bitch. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, there's like, you know, literally a female, a female dog. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all, you know, there's all that kind of stuff that does make them the other so we don't have to see them as human. Let's come back with our stats, Adam, and mm-hmm. talk about that some more and talk about Me Too. And we're just hoping out there that you are not one of the Me Too's. 
Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible it is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Okay, we're back talking about the movement of Me Too and publicizing the, the gross amount of sexual harassment, sexual assault that women go through. And again, my heart too, because I see so many men who have also been sexually abused as children and, you know, as older men, as adolescents, certainly, you know, my heart goes out to every sexual assault victim. But um, you you were correcting me and please say that on the air. Well, that we um, are talking about that we want to use good terms. And if you look at www.rainn.org, rain.org, which is an organization that promote that has a lot of statistics on there and they 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 advocate. They're a national um, statistic. What, what does the acronym stand for? The acronym stands for Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. It's the world's largest anti-sexual assault. Okay, so they're um, collecting group. data. They're collecting data. They're They're raising awareness. But when we use the terms, it's important to know what we're talking about. When we talk about sexual assault, types of sexual assault include attempted rape, fondling or unwanted sexual touching, forcing a victim to perform sexual acts like oral sex, um, any penetration of the victim's body, which would then be categorized as rape. So rape right. is, a, is, a, right. is one of the more violent forms of sexual assault, but it's not the only form of sexual assault Absolutely. that is out there. We talk about catcalls and things that people say in workplaces we're generally talking about sexual harassment, right. um, which is equally as can be equally as devastating um, in, a, in similar ways and in some cases dissimilar ways, oftentimes because it is more pervasive. Mm-hmm. Right. Than, and I realize I, I'm mixing up my terms. So yeah. I think, you know, when you get passionate, you, you just blend mm-hmm. everything together. And, and 
And for people who are arguing with us and saying it's not that prevalent or you're making a bigger deal out of it or you're not being distinct enough, they're, they're probably right with me right now, you know. So it, we need to use better language. And it's important to be it's important to be distinct, but it's also important to know that like all of this that we're talking about is a violation. Yeah. Right. It is it on is, different levels, it, but definitely different a levels, but all of it is dehumanizing. Um, a lot of it has different effects. All of this affects each person differently, but in a, in very similar ways as well. Just some other statistics. One out of every six American women has been the victim of an attempted or completed rape in her that lifetime. That is just that is unbelievable. One out of every One six. One out of six. That just boggles the mind. Yeah, it's just hideous. And the high, the group that has the highest risk is is women age 12 to 34. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's happening when people are young. And, and it happens at puberty, right? Mm-hmm. When they suddenly, I mean, just imagine if you have not been sexually assaulted, God forbid, that, you know, you're a, a new adolescent. And, you know, I, I, I can't even tell you the number of stories I've sat through of young budding adolescent young women who have been fondled by relatives, stepfathers, uncles, you know, and it's like, that's your first experience, right? As your body is developing and your first experience is, you know, sexual violation. It's just hideous. Yeah. And and to your point as well, about 3% of American men are one in 33 have experienced an attempted or completed rape. Mm -hmm. And one out of every 10 rape victims is male. God, God. And probably some of that higher in prison, right? Uh, in, yes. In, in incarceration, I don't know if they have those stats. Yeah, I mean, and you can. I, I think that there's some obvious things that happen here, and some and some non-obvious things. But just real quickly, I know stats are pretty boring. No, I love information, stats. Give me stats. Ninety-four percent of women who are raped experience symptoms of PTSD during the two weeks that follow right. the rape. Right. And Thirty percent report symptoms of PTSD nine months after the rape. I, I can't, right? I can't believe that, that it's only thirty percent. Frankly, that seems that seems you know? that seems low to me as well. But that's the stats. That's yeah. the stats that they have. Yeah. But thirty-three percent of women who are raped contemplate suicide, and thirteen percent of those women actually attempt suicide. Uh, right. And so oh there's some things that are just right, right in your face. Like, and those are just, that is just of one aspect of sexual assault. Right. What, right? what about the, the hesitation that young girls have after they've been touched right as their body matures? Like, mm-hmm. how do they then sort of mature into true sexuality for themselves? Like when their very first experience is being violated. You know, I, I think there's lots of stats that we could mention, but they're out there. Go look them up if you if this is hard for you to get your mind around. I mean, stats help in one way. Listening to the experiences of women that you know would be another way. But I think we also have to address, Lori, you said something other, that the part of this Me Too movement is getting it out in public, right? It's not right. hiding it behind closed doors anymore. And I think we maybe need to address why it is... Obviously, it's a personal thing um, yeah. for the person that's been assaulted to reveal that. Like, sure. it's, but there's a lot of shame around this. There is. That, and I think that that is really misplaced, and it keeps a lot of the voices quiet and hidden. Um, and that's one of the powers of this movement, I think. But uh, like, what are your thoughts around what happens and, and why it becomes such a a thing that is so quiet and not talked about more often? I think this is part of victimization. Right. Is that you barely want to acknowledge it to yourself, you know, and and you don't feel powerful enough to combat it, right? As a child, you're dependent, you know, you just got to take it. 
Yeah. You know, as a young adult, maybe if you're struggling in your career, you know, you, you just don't dare. Like people have been saying, well, why all these actresses? Why didn't they come forward? Mm. You know, they were powerful. They were making money. But I mean, this guy, you know, had a great deal more power over them in terms of potentially ruin, ruining them in their wow. industry. Listen, and power dynamics are real. They like, are. And, they and are it doesn't real. have to be, you know, it can be the manager at Chick-fil-A. Right. You know, it, it can be a small power dynamic that people become afraid somehow or another I'm, I'm going to be ruined in some way or disadvantaged in some way. Or you know. the other thing is, I think, and this is where we, we have to, I, I think personally have to start for each one of us, is I think they are afraid to come forward because they are afraid they will not be believed. And they and, will not be supported. Yes. And because it happens so often um, when victims of sexual assault or... Um, even harassment, when right. they say something, the initial response that they get from somebody is that uh, is disbelief. Yeah. Or yeah. or maybe worst of all, inaction. Yeah. And, and I think the, the idea of raising awareness is we all need to fight it. Mm. You know, when you see it happening, if it's not happening to you, you need to fight it. That's I mean, right. you need to speak up for the women around you. You need to say, hey, take down that stupid poster. Yeah. You know, that's offensive. And or, that's offensive to me because, you know, because it's offensive to women to have that poster. Or you need to, to call out, you need to call out your friend for making that crude sexual joke. Exactly. Or using dehumanizing language. Right. And right. you know what? I'm, I'm pointing the finger on my Facebook. I also have typed in, you knew. You know, because I know in my case, a lot of people knew, you know, the uncle who molested me, you know, it was not severe, you know, but he touched my breasts. It's like a bunch of cousins and aunts knew about that. Yeah, but see, even in you the know? way, even I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge God. you, even in the way you talk, even what you just said there, saying it's not severe, it's a violation. It's a violation. It's a, it's a yeah. severe violation. Yeah, and we got to exactly. quit comparing it. Comparing what happens, um, I think that's another reason is that people go, well, it wasn't that it big wasn't a deal, that big a deal, or right. it happens to everybody. You're right, exactly. You know, exactly. and like I think that that those type of things happen create this culture where we can't say what is really happening. Right, and, and I, I I would say so. One confession, you know, as I as I wrote that this morning on Facebook about you knew, when you point the finger, right. There's there's four pointing back at yourself. And I, I realized fairly recently in my life and career that I had a radio manager uh, or owner. It wasn't the manager. I think it was the owner or something. And he was a higher upper, you know, and he, he talked to me at some party and he said, you know, what I'd really like you to do is get the other girl uh, host of the show to open up about her sex life. Because I go on the show and I do Q&A, which is kind of like foreplay. It's it's it's. It's fun, but it's not salacious, right? Mm. And, you know, and I just remember thinking, ooh, that is, that's so voyeuristic and that's so gross that you're, like, wanting her to open up. But I didn't say anything. Mm. I didn't say, that's creepy, dude. You know, like I should have. And so I, I think even me, when I'm so aware of this, right, yeah. I work with it every day. It's like we all have to become more aware of how women can be violated. And certainly, again, I got to throw it in boys as well. Yeah. And I, and I think there's also the sense of that we don't want to deal with the overwhelming nature of it a lot of times. Yeah. Right. Like it feels so big and so scary and so painful mm -hmm. to deal with that we just want to deny that there could be that much abuse or pain or 
um, what you said, ickiness, like yeah. just the creep factor that that is. We don't want to admit that, that it, this exists in our world. But I, like we tell, I think we tell couples this. I know you tell couples this. You can't go through, you can't have goodness in your relationship unless you go through the painful stuff yeah, that's and right. the hard stuff, right? And I don't think we can have a real conversation until we begin to admit the prevalent nature of it. And mm-hmm. I think that's what this is. This movement is doing as well. And I, I would like to say, you know, just a word of hope. Certainly for people and women who have been sexually assaulted, you know, we work with that every day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. And we see healing. And we see people who overcome post-traumatic stress syndrome. You know, we see people who grow from these experiences and come into whole sexual relationships. Yes. But I think what you said of being believed by your partner Mm -hmm. about the impact that it had on you, not being minimized, like, oh, you know, and thank you for not minimizing me. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, but I think, um, you know, not being minimized. And, and hearing what your partner has to say about it, like, really, that happened to you? How did you feel? Yeah. Not having a judgment about how they ought to feel or how they ought to get over it, but just mm. how did it happen? That's one way you can help. And also standing up for it when you see it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And it takes, standing it, it up takes, against it. And it takes a lot of courage, right? So it does. kudos to all, everybody that's putting Me Too out there and admitting to this. Like, kudos yeah. to you and to every other woman, every every man that's doing it too like there's a lot of shame around it and there is misplaced shame right because it's on the per- the the perpetrator not the victim that's and right so, that, and uh, i think that's what talking about it does is yeah, it absolutely. breaks the secret it breaks the shame yeah okay you're listening to four play radio sex therapy you know an important topic today with dr adam matthews our couples counselor and i'm Lori watson your sex therapist thanks for listening Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.